Welcome to Work in Progress. I'm your host, Delaney Swan. Last week, I promised a conversation with my sister about her heathenly ways, but she does not live near me, and so unfortunately, recording our interview was kind of a fiasco. So today, I'm talking to Angela Leon, who's a graphic designer at Boston University. She's a multi-talented conceptual designer whose daily grind makes me want to cry. And before we start, if you're unfamiliar with her work, I encourage you to go look at Angela's art Instagram at Alien Archives, spelled A-L-I-A-N underscore archives. I think it'll give you a lot of context for our interview, and I hope you enjoy. Michigan. Not that I remember either, but you know. Okay, so you're you're in Pontiac, Michigan. How long were you there? Like I was there until age eight, and then my dad was like, "No job. We're skedaddling. We're going to Connecticut." And I go, "What the fuck is Connecticut?" <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? I also I was eight. I did not say that. What is Connecticut? And he's like, "It's a state." I'm like. <laughs> Never heard of it. What the heck? I hated ugh, moving. Honestly, but it's good that I moved because I became a much more humble and quiet person. Like in Michigan, until I was eight, I was the brattiest. Like I get whatever I want, and I'm gonna be loud about it. Yeah. So this was like a whoop in the ass moving. It was good. It was good. It was good for me. Um. Okay. So, where did you go to school? What, what school? Yeah, like, they just, like, any in general, like, where'd you go to school? You know, preschool is always some church. Right. Yeah. Um, kindergarten um, until fifth grade was Meadowbrook Elementary School in Rochester Hills, Michigan. I was in love with my kindergarten teacher. He was a 25-year-old ginger, married. I figured out halfway through the year when my mother said, you should go in his office and check if he is married. And I went inside and saw a photo of him and his wife on their wedding day, and I went home and cried. But every day before that, I would draw pictures in the morning of him and me, and then say Mr. Zajac and Angela Leanne in swirly letters over and over, and give it to him. I can't believe your mom was like, yeah, let's validate this insane crush that my five-year-old has on a 25-year-old. Yeah, it was really <laughs> I really loved him. Yeah. Um, okay, so you had a giant crush on your kindergarten teacher. Yes. Um, and you were drawing these pictures of your kindergarten teacher. Yes. Um, do you remember, like... So, so your the art that you were making was fueled by oh my god your desire. How does that translate to today? Oh my god. Interesting you say that with, like, Fueled by Desire, because, like, growing up, all I drew were girls in, like, funky outfits 
that wore high heels and their legs were showing and they had their belly buttons out. I think I had this super like sexual side of myself growing up as a child that I always wanted to draw. <laughs> but <laughs> relating that to now, it, it really simmered down. I feel like <laughs> since growing up, like my art style has totally changed and I've strayed away from studio arts, I'd say, and into design. And design is a lot more functional and like, what is the audience? So I can't just be like, mm, I'm horny. It's a, <laughs> it's a picture of my teacher. <laughs> um, oh, you, so, okay. So as like a kid, you drew all these pictures of outfits. Mm-hmm. Do, like you're like so into fashion right now. Like, do you, has that always been true for you? Have you just always been into the fashion? I guess like I never thought about it, but I was like just into clothing or like making outfits and because I used to think I would be a fashion designer and I had this like portfolio it said like Angela's fashion like things that I made and they're all these dresses and then I'd like color them and say like okay this dress is for the evening da 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 and this accessory goes with this like they weren't good that's why I was like I didn't never never thought like no this isn't like the good fashion but like for me like this is what fashion means to me um but yeah now I think I didn't think about it since I was growing up but now I'm thinking that I'm a lot more into like fibers and textiles and now that I'm exploring like clothing, like making fests and sweaters and everything, it's definitely coming back into my practice full circle. Because now that I can combine fashion with functional design. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay, cool. That's so cool <laughs> that like it all came full circle for you. Um, I never realized that. <laughs> do you um do you remember how you felt like while you were making art? As a child. Like, as, a, like, a little kid, yeah. How I felt. That, wow. I think it's always been, like, once I have the tools, it's, like, a flow state. Mm-hmm. And I never really, like, I've never thrown away a drawing because I didn't like it. Or, like, if anything, I, I would, like, scribble it, but I loved keeping, keeping it in the sketchbook, just knowing that, like, I went through that process and, like, the next drawing's better or something. Like... I used to, like, there, I used to have different, like, kinds of drawings that I'd make, and then I'd make, like, oh, like, 20 of the same thing. Like, there was this one notebook, it was my Chinese school notebook, mm-hmm. and after I quit Chinese school, because I was a stubborn, suppressed Asian child, <laughs> I, um, started, that's when I started drawing the girls with all, like, their belly buttons out. They always had huge buns, mm-hmm. huge eyes, long earrings, like, and these, like, ex- exhilarating like dresses and like outfits and then um I'd also draw this this comic character Bobby Bubbleburn so like a portion of a sketchbook would just be drawings of bubbles but like as different characters like one's a news person one's a rock star one's a bride and groom but then in another section that sketchbook would be for like posters I didn't know they were like more posters but it was like um using fables like um, work before you play or um, the doors of wisdom are never shut and I would draw those out and like color them with crayons so like once I had the idea I would have to make like 10 or 20 of those before I was satisfied and like then I'd move on so it was be a flow state once I knew what it was I think that contributed to like how I found my love for design because like design is so functional in that way like once you have the tools you can just go and it'll fit into the concept. It's like building the concept as I keep making the same thing. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that, like, the way that you've made art 
was fueled by concept even when you were a kid and not just like I enjoy like making this it was more like once I've had this idea like executing the idea is the per- like the purpose of like what I'm doing mm-hmm. I've never thought about this but I guess yeah I was driven by concept it was never like oh this is just a doodle like and it's just one of it but like I would have to do many of them even then, I remember poetry, like, learning about poetry in um, third grade, and we would do concrete poems. You know what those are? No. Like, that's when you have a poem, and, like, the subject, the words are, like, drawn into the shape of what the, the poem is about. And yeah. I drew so many of those. Yeah. That's graphic design! That's oh, graphic design! It's crazy! Oh, <laughs> uh, that's... Oh, I can, like, can totally see you, like, just latching onto that idea and, like, going for it. Because that's what your, like, what your design looks like now. It's, like, yeah. it's, like, not, like, always concrete, but, like, you know, you do, you play with, like, letters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Topography. Um, it's topography. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 okay, so you're... You have this massive sketchbook of, like, your concept execution. Mm-hmm. When did that, like, when do you, what age did that start for you? Like, do you know? It's like thinking when was my first sketchbook. Because technically it all started with loose pieces of paper. Like, when I was very little, I'd just go get, like, this big sack of copy paper and just <laughs> draw, put it away, draw, put it away, like, just keep piling them. But sketchbook like the earliest I remember um is third grade like actually yeah third grade once I left from Connecticut Mm -hmm. not no for Connecticut my friends like gave me a sketchbook for my birthday and they all wrote notes like before I left and then I filled that sketchbook for like a year or two like this big nine by twelve damn that's so funny that you were like the beginning of your art career was when, I left. was when you headed out for the wide world of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> of Connecticut, the smallest, second smallest state. The second. <laughs> um, okay, so, so you are making all of these drawings and everything, but I also know that you grew up in kind of a big creative family. Mm-hmm. How can you like? talk about that really quickly yeah so my mom like growing up she always had these crazy crafts for us whether it be like um one in particular i remember so closely was that we went to buy like she bought clams to make clam soup and then she saved all the shells and she bought like googly eyes and felt and string and we like wrapped the clams into like to make them look like fish and added fins and everything and then we hung them on string like put them in our room and like she also would do a lot of like fabric painting on shirts so we could wear them, like Hello Kitty on it. Um, yeah, she's always been the creative one. My dad is not, if anything, he's like the more like engineering side of creativity. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's like, oh God, she could, even like in her speech, like I think that's where I learned about like my sense of humor and then like abstract thinking mm-hmm. and analogies. It all came from my mom. Like she has the same way of like, operating and like that's why we can like talk so well and like build it's weird like it is like concept building a little bit um an abstract thinking from her um but Ashley my oldest sister was actually like the artist of the family growing up so me and Eileen and Alan we were artistic but it was never recognized 
So it was actually, uh, like, Ashley always had her paintings in the house, like, and even in high school, like, and, like, my parents would just be like, yeah, they can draw too, I guess, but, like, Ashley's our star artist, and, like, I would just always want to be Ashley then, so growing up, like, I used to do this thing where while she was getting dressed in the morning, me in, like, elementary school, I'd peek in her room Mm -hmm. to see what she was going to wear so I could wear the same thing. (laughs) Like, I was that, (laughs) that sister. Um, Yeah. But, like, Eileen can draw. She's more, like, she did, like, a lot of creative coding in her, in college. And then also, like, her and Alan like to build little sculptures. Like, she likes to build miniature houses. Like, one time I helped her make this, like, it's, like, a big miniature house made of cardboard with, like, all the rooms and everything. Um, so we've always been involved in, like, creative, pro- like, experiments and playing and even, like, dress up and pretending like we're in a restaurant, like... It's always, yeah, it was, creativity was never suppressed growing up. It was only, like, encouraged. That's awesome. That's, it sounds like I, I always, I kind of always wanted to have, like, a bunch of siblings. Um, and, and, like, Ellie really is, like, enough, enough siblings. (laughs) She's, like, three siblings all on her own. (laughs) Um, but, like, I, um... It's just, like, it sounds almost idyllic to have, like, that many siblings, but it does sound like it, like, would suck to have, like, the thing that you're into, like, your art, be, like, completely all that space taken up by another person. Yeah, and that's why in high school, like, when I found out what graphic design was, I was like, finally, I have something for myself that I can, like, just do and, like, be separate from Ashley and, like, possibly get recognition, too. And, like, I remember telling Ashley that once, and she was like, if I wanted to, I could go into graphic design, and I was like stay in your lane it's my turn <laughs> but it's funny because now like I'm into textiles and stuff and she's like you're copying me again because she's a like fabric and textile designer and I'm like not intentional <laughs> I swear look like we're just gonna have common interests yeah we grew up in the same exact way <laughs> like, deal with it it's impossible to be different from you yeah <laughs> you're you're in this big creative family you're all like sort of exploring different things and like and you in particular have this like very unique approach to the way um, the way that um, you, you create so when did it and you just mentioned that when you discovered graphic design, you were like, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you go from being like, this is sort of a hobby and something that I just sort of like do occasionally to, or like on the side or because my family does this to like, art is my thing and it's going to be my career. Like, Is this um, pertaining to graphic design? Or just in general, yeah. Um... Let's see. Growing up, I thought I would be a pro Olympic ice skater and fashion designer. But art, it all came into play seventh, gr- seventh grade or eighth grade when I made it Instagram. When I made Instagram, I made that Instagram for um, dancers and gymnasts called Insta Gymnast Dancers. Uh, that was created August 10th, 2012. <laughs> I remember that day. And that account grew so crazily and like it was like the first time I had like a platform to like experiment digitally the first thing I did with that account was like 
just edit people's photos. I'd be like, hey, can I edit your photo? And they're like, yeah. And then I'd like download these like editing things where I just put a filter on it and then put like a quote, an inspirational quote. And that was like my first taste of graphic design. I had no idea what graphic design was, but I would post it. And then like eventually more people wanted them. So every day I'd just making edits, like seven edits and posting all seven in that day. And that was my like middle school hood. Um, and then within August, so within five months, I got to 10K followers. And that's when I knew I was like, oh my God, this is be- like this is becoming something I can like build my own worlds and own concepts. So I'd like do a lot of games. I remember I'd do like puzzle games and like gymnasts um, that with like gymnasts and dancer like themes. And then I'd also do like, um, it's the Insta Gymnast Dancers Christmas. And like I do a Christmas tree and then it'd be like an advent calendar where every day there's a new prize or a new game. So like designing concepts and structures that way I started doing in middle school. And then, and then the introduction of, oh my God, I could be like getting free shit. That was like probably at a hundred K that hundred K followers. And I realized I was like, yeah, I can get free shit here. And so the, like I started reaching out to like hundreds of, um, small businesses like a day like that that's all I would do on my phone just like sending the same email from this 12 year old 11 year old I don't know just saying hi my name is Angela and I run Insta Gymnast Dancers I was wondering if you want and they were called sponsorships I'd say do you want to do a sponsorship you send me something I promote you and like so and then it eventually turned into giveaways and like just being able to play with other businesses content and like adding the gymnast dancer spin on it and then like presenting to the world like that act of like content concept communication and then like release into the world and like seeing the interaction with it i think that was like where i built my like concept of design and how that works and like even marketing i think marketing more so because i got to work with so many businesses and we'll learn about how things succeed in like marketing things so yeah um I think I realized what graphic design was freshman year of high school when this girl who also had a gymnastics account was a graphic design major, but she only like edited photos and I thought like, oh, that's graphic design. Interesting. But like, I realized I wanted to do it probably sophomore year of high school, like study it. Yeah. And I know you have like a very um, dedicated and almost academic approach to graphic design now. Do you th- did that start then? Like, did you did you start like looking into like, oh, there's like an entire history of graphic design. There's all this like, um, these concepts. Did that start when you were a sophomore, or was it just like you edit photos? Literally, it started sophomore year of college. Cause like up until sophomore year of college, I thought graphic design was just like very superficial. Like I never thought of it being this conceptual thing where like there's this like very deep meaning to each design decision and like the form making. So I, yeah, I would just, up until then I just like edit photos and then I took a graphic design class in high school senior year, but it was just like, oh, now like make the brand. And like, it was very superficial visual things that didn't have like a lot of functional meaning like in the forms. So yeah, sophomore year when it was like, we had to just keep making form and like relating to the concept, like that was when I really built it. It's, okay, so, but, like, when you were a sophomore, even though you you thought that it was, like, kind of a superficial, like, um, 
I guess medium medium yeah you were still interested yeah I was still like oh I like like the digital part of putting photo and text together and then some editing Ooh, pretty picture like I, I was so attracted to that yeah the formal aspect okay uh, uh, um okay so you've already mentioned Instagram mm-hmm. um why why do you think Instagram like played such a large part in that awakening like what was it about like just having thought like the followers and everything like oh man it was my first time it was like right when I discovered Instagram is when I made that account so like it basically built my meaning or like how I think Instagram functions and like Instagram I think the act of sharing and then the instant gratification affirming your actions and then you like keep building on it I think that's like the power of Instagram and like the business aspect like once you like know that people like something and you keep going you know that it'll succeed then like it'll keep building and I think Instagram built my sense of confidence for like being able to like reach out to other people around the world or um and work with other people or just like interacting with people that like your stuff is really empowering and especially when I'm like I'm just in middle school like I don't know anything but like building my value like I think yeah Instagram is like good and bad but I think one good thing for artists and like that kind of platform is being able to build your value of yourself if it's going well if there is good instant gratification like it does yeah those your value as an artist and a person in some sense, even though it's, if it's artificial. Yeah. So you think you, you feel like that instant gratification, um, and the approval from other people, like built up your confidence to the point where you were like, this is something that I will be successful at. Mm -hmm. And it'll like, and I have really positive, um, feelings around it because of, like the gratification that I'm getting. Exactly, and it's so weird because, like, you know, they talk about now how bad like Instagram, like how toxic it is, and it's like, I didn't realize I didn't feel that toxicity until college. Like up until college, Instagram has always been a positive thing for my like worth. Yeah. Like valuing my worth. Because you succeed really well. Um, yeah, I think that's why. And then once they change the algorithm, I. Th- that is crazy because they're in charge of the algorithm, which is also in, in charge of like how you perceive your worth. Then, yeah. So so that so you think that once that the algorithm okay what what about the algorithm changed and what? Mm, uh, like, now um, you only see posts from people you follow that like you look at their stuff the most. So like a lot of people stuff that you follow like it won't even appear on your feed, so you'll never even see it which means you never get the likes or comments or whatever. And the likes and comments and everything is what keeps you on other people's feeds. So like once you're dead on their feed, then you're just like slowly bumping down. And yeah. Oh God, I hate that. I hate thinking about the algorithm. Like looking back, like it was all about the algorithm of like my perception of success. Like there was the, po- you know, the explore page, it's not explore, but it used to be called the popular page. Yeah. And then if you got on the popular page, that was like a big deal. And I remember like people would send me my stuff from Instagymist Dancer to be like, oh, you're on the popular page. And I'm like, oh. and I have a whole folder somewhere on my iPod 
of like every time I was on the popular page. And you made it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You had like a giant following. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Effing it up. Effing it up. Okay, okay. This is a good point. I'm gonna go. Get your fries. Gotta get my french fries. (laughs) It's so weird talking about all this because I have not reflected on it since like. Since. I did it. Yeah. You wrote your college essay. Yeah! Whoa! I forgot I did that. Yeah, you. I remember you told me that, and I was so anti like everything. (laughs) I was caught. Like, I was so anti the institution of Instagram and I was like when you told me that freshman year I was like that's so weird (laughs) no and 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 I didn't I don't remember like thinking this consciously but I think like subconsciously and I was like that's kind of shallow (laughs) honestly (laughs) so shallow but like I I I think something that I realized in like the last like oh because I've been asking these questions to Carlene and Ellie Mm -hmm. is like the way that you come into, or the way that they both came into art is that they got, like, outside, like, gratification for it. Like, mm-hmm. and you, just because it was from, like, their teachers, or for Ellie, it was from, like, yeah, it was from teachers at governor's school, it's from, like, a board of artists that decided that she got to go to this program. Like, just because it comes from that, or it comes from, um your Instagram page, like, mm-hmm. those two things, one of those things is actually accessible to, like, a, like, a, a basically a vast number of people, like, yeah. a lot of, like, with, you know, obviously, like, pieces of identity. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And some of those things are not available to everyone. Like, mm-hmm. like, teachers that are going to validate your work or, like, say, like, yeah, you can come live at this school, but you do have to pay, like, $2,000 to, like, like for room and board. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not available to everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, accessibility of gratification, like, affirmation. Yeah. Is so important in, like, a young artist's career and mindset. Yeah. Wow. It also has been making me think a lot about... Um, like, why you like the things you like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because, pe- like, people were told you you were good at it, you know? Or you received, like, like praise praise for it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's so weird. Yeah, like, what they're saying to me shapes what I like. And what you, be- like, what you become, essentially. Like, yeah. <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> it's like this feedback loop. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so you, it became really real for you. Um, what, so you were making all this Instagram gymnast stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there, what projects were you doing outside of that? That, like, what concepts were you building outside of, like, your Instagram? I think that all came from school projects. Right. Like, that creative school projects, whenever I had a creative project, I, like, Oh my god, it lashed onto it so hard and I put so much work into it because that yeah, that was my only like physical manifestation of that kind of concept making outside of Instagram. I remember in eighth grade in seventh and eighth grade, seventh grade we read okay, I don't know if it was Animal Farm. No, it was it was a different book. The Freak Almighty. And we had to make a project out of it. And I decided to make a whole damn game. 
and I made this giant game board and clay little pieces of the characters and like got to craft like how you experience the journey at what point you listen to what story and like what the cards mean and how chance plays into it and then like what is the journey at the end like being able to craft a whole experience was so exciting and then in eighth grade I did a research project about Steve Jobs so random now that I think of it and I made a whole ass uh, another board game where it was a wooden box my dad made a wooden box and on the top it was uh, an app in the shape of an apple like you know the candy land it's like a strip in the spots mm-hmm. so I did that can uh, an apple and then with nail polish I um, drew the little apple logo on uh, on plastic over and over and over again when it dried I'd peel it off and glue it onto each little spot and like and then oh my god the whole journey was like four different stages of like it's called the jobs journey apple evolution that was the game and there was all these cards and like ever just like being able to build a concept and every little part of it and how that feeds into the whole concept like the whole game was so exciting and like being able to build this world and then convey it in form making and then like interaction uh, yeah i i didn't realize that it all started from like these board games that i made um, what was the question? Oh, I was, we were talking about the like, projects that you were doing. Um, it seems a, like like a lot of your early like I feel really good about this, and this makes me feel like this makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, came from like building out experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know where that comes from? Like, why that is interesting to you? It's hard to pinpoint because, like, I'm trying to remember, like, before middle school, did I ever have any projects that had that opportunity? Like, there probably was, but it wasn't a lot. I feel like projects growing up were more just like, draw this or, like, draw a picture of this. Then it was more, like, superficial, like, just draw it. But, like, there's a difference between drawing it and then, like, the experience of sharing it. Like, what if you design the experience to share it? And... Like, I think definitely, like, the th- like if I had any 3D projects, I did put a lot of effort into it and focused. I liked focusing on the process of making it, too. Like, drawing, I feel like, is, like, a very, like, all you're doing is sitting there and you're just drawing. And, like, it's a very, like, internal process. But, like, opposed to, like, in second grade, there was, oh, this is my favorite day ever. We, one day they decided, like, oh, we're going to make calendars. But every day, um, every month is going to be a collage. And like the whole day was just all this paper all around us and we just had to collage like each month and then like staple it together as a calendar and like that idea of like every little thing that you make encompassing into one big thing I think that was like so exciting to me I forgot your question oh you love building experiences It, it it is really I think it is really interesting how like, like the crafts that, okay, so like, you're talking about these like elementary school, middle school projects and experiences, and like, I remember doing these, pro- like basically like the same projects just for like different books or whatever, Yeah. and being like, and it's so 
fun. It's so funny that you would get like, because I remember the kids that would get really into it, and I was like, show off. I was like, and it's funny to think now that actually what was going on in those kids' heads was like, this. I, like, I just love, like, putting this together. I love, like, taking these components and combining them. There's so much possibility here. Yeah. Is that, like, is, do you think that was what was going on in your brain? Like, Definitely. Like, once you're in that flow state, like, you're unstoppable. Like, there was never a point during a creative project growing up when I dreaded it. I think, like, any time I got to, I was like, this is my chance. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> And I, in in sophomore year of high school, I remember I had this uh, English teacher, and she would literally implement creative projects into the classroom just for me, and everyone hated me for it. <laughs> They're like, "This is your fault," and I'm like, "That was your fault." It's so much fun. Oh man, I <laughs> well, that an entire teacher catered just to you. Like, that was what I, like, the kid that was my favorite, I would just be like, and hey, we're gonna do this because I know you like it, and everyone else is really boring, so, um, um, maybe those people should not be, like, like, <laughs> school-style teachers, yeah. you just need to be a tutor or something, or, like, yeah. a mentor, but it is really fun to be the kid that, that gets, that is just, like, being built around, you know? Like, whatever, I'm, I was really good at kissing up the teachers, so. It always, so I, I, I think I always got the affirmation I needed to keep going with my creative projects because of that. Every Christmas, give them a handmade card. Mom, we gotta go buy gifts. Everyone gets a candle. Mom, we're getting tea for everyone from China. Go. I was such a kiss up, but I, I hate myself for it now, but I also love it. Are you a kiss up now? Yes and no. Like, not intentionally anymore. Now it's just like, I like to build that relationship with my professors because I need that affirmation and like feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think your like your desire to kiss up to your teachers started with your ginger kindergarten teacher? And yes. your, yep. Well, it also actually started in third grade. Really, like it was kindergarten, and then there was a jump where my teachers, first and second grade, hated me. I was such a bad child. I cheated all the time, always got in trouble, um, always had to stay after in recess, and I would just like, be like, mm-hmm. just be so angry. But third grade was when my teacher one day pulled, like, called me out when she was explaining the grading system. She's like, let's take Angela, for example. She is a pretty okay student. She's pretty good, um, but she could be better. She could be raising her hand more. She could be, and like, after she told me that, I literally rose my hand every day and I began to kiss up to her ass so hard, and that's what started the cycle. Like, her pulling me out like that and saying that. It was like, wake up call. This is my chance to shine. <laughs> so from then on. <laughs> like a teacher told you exactly how you could get like the gratification that you wanted? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah! Whoa. Am I manipulative? I don't know. <laughs> no, everyone's manipulative in some way. Like. Yeah, yeah, like we manipulate the people around us to get what we want. That's like, that's human. That's just human. Yeah, we want to control everybody else's feelings. <laughs> um, and also, she was manipulating you very directly to do like better in class, and that was like positive manipulation. Yeah, you know? it was positive manipulation. Thanks, Mrs. Bransner, if you're listening. <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Bransner. Bransner.
I, my last like question or like like a little thing that I want to go down on. <laughs> down. I'm gonna down go down on. Well, stop it! I'm deprived. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Is what do you draw on? Um. Or did you draw on then? Like. Like inspiration. Yeah, inspiration wise, and how has that sort of changed? I've always had trouble with this question. Like when people say, "What inspires you?" And, like, people usually have such concrete answers. I think... Ugh, it's so hard for me, because I think growing up, I always liked the idea of, like, making something that someone else hasn't made. So, like, start from scratch. And be stubborn to, like, start with something that has already been done. But growing up, my aesthetic surrounded bubbles, rainbows, girls, um, and words. Text. Um, I honestly don't know where it all came from, but I think now, like, I've been thinking about this now, and I still don't have a concrete answer, but I think it's just heavily built on my environment, and that was part of the reason I chose to go to BU. Like, I thought that, like, a city environment would give me a new outlook. I guess it's, like, less about what inspires me but like what environment can i put myself in for a proper play space to think of things from scratch okay like yeah like even now when i'm like building like my teachers are like build mood boards build this and like everyone's building such like visual mood boards of like this all all the same thing but made by different people and like whenever i make mood boards it's more of like text like Here's a book that's about this. Here's a reading. Here are words. Like, I think I'm more drawn to pulling from non-visual inspiration. Because I, I hate the idea of, like, making something that has already been done. Like, using a, a visual motif that, like, yeah. someone else made up. Yeah. Well, I don't like doing that. So, I guess I gotta draw for myself. And if I'm drawing for myself, that's drawing from my experiences by my environment. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, that's like such a good answer. And it has, a, like, there are, like, a lot of things to think about there. Mm -hmm. Like, um, do you think that you wait for be, you, okay, so you want it to be in a city, mm -hmm. like, surrounded by a lot of different influences or, like, a lot of different experiences that we're going to, like, sort of like fill you up basically so that when you like like reach in to figure out what you're gonna what you're gonna build like you have a lot of things to choose from or like you have like a lot of ideas that are like kind of mixing around in you do you think that's yes. like sort of the way you think about it yes I think this is something I've also been thinking about how it's not about like the inspiration but more of the tools like if I can build a tool set for myself then that's all I need because the tools can be recontextualized for a different concept and then but if you're pulling visual inspiration what that what was made was based on very specific decisions that relate to that concept of that project so to me does it make sense to pull that visual inspiration for your concept if if it's not even the same concept. Like, it, their design decisions, you can't just take them and be like, yeah, I think it worked for this, because, like, they had very specific, like, why they did that. Like, why they chose that typeface, why they did that. Like, that's why 
oh, I have such a, um, I don't like the whole like pulling, this is like an Instagram problem with the people pulling, pulling graphic design trends like, dude, gothic, gothic type is so in or like neon or like just like saying, okay, this is in, so I'm going to use it. But where, like, what's the meaning behind it? What can I, that's why I think like tools, like starting with a tool. What do you mean by tool? Tool, okay. Um, medium, like it could be like a pen, a computer, a tablet. Uh, that's why I got my tufting machine. That's why I got into crocheting, um, embroidering, um, crayon versus ink, like any medium. I think like verbs are more flexible than nouns. Okay. That makes sense. Like so, like rather than like typeface like creating typeface or something like that sure like a, opposed to like this font but like maybe like a quality that like can drive the the decision of the font like i just think building a toolkit is so important because like then that tool can be manipulated and used in different ways to fit the concept but if you are already pulling visual inspiration, there's already a solidified idea on that. See, it's not as flexible. Okay, so bringing that back to like something that you've already talked about, do you mean like, so like a tool could be like, uh, the way that you use probability in like a board game, like yes. the different ways that like probability is going to play, like rolling the dice is going to play into your board game. Yeah, chance is definitely a tool. Um, I, I think chance has always been like a part of my process, like improvisation and chance, because I, I don't like having these solidified things. And that's probably why I don't like having like this strictly visual mood board and pulling from like specific people. And like, that's why I, well, I like to start from scratch because I like to see like, what can I pull from just from my mind? So how does, okay, but then how does, like, being in a city play into that, I guess? I, I, maybe I'm not making the connection there. Like, play into the idea of, like, chance? The play into the idea of, like, you want to, you want to pull from inside yourself. Mm -hmm. So how would you, like, describe how being in, like, a really diverse place plays into that? So I came to BU because I wanted these, like, very different experiences like uh in sophomore years to say like people would be like why are you spending so much money on experience that's what i would say mm -hmm. and i think like just having the freedom to go anywhere or like eat anything um just like expanding your play space physically would also expand my play space in my head mm -hmm. mentally because like i always grew up in the suburbs and i feel like it was just always so boring i couldn't go anywhere and like that hindered my creativity so I knew that if I went somewhere that I had greater access to like type of environment so like city and sea and then like artistic like um they they really fostered the arts well so like they'd have a lot of art museums and like even like music I was thinking of concerts of, like okay I could meet and like see so many people and had just more opportunity equals more um, experiences to pull from mm -hmm. and going to a city is just like I was like okay I'm gonna absorb as much as I can because that's that's gonna be my toolkit 
Okay. Um, okay, that makes more, I think that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Play space is really where I think I get lost, because you Sorry. use this term, I mean, like, you just, I, you, sometimes you use, like, design terminology, and a lot of the time I'm like, okay, I think I know what that is, but, like, I feel like it's really important when you're discussing it to be super specific. Playground. Playground. You're playground in your head. Playground, yeah. Yeah, okay, the things that you're playing with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, do you, um... Do you really miss, like, going to concerts and everything? Like, I know that you do, but... Yeah. I think that's even part of the reason why I'm hitting this, like, rut in my creative process right now. Because soft freshman, sophomore, junior year, I was able to just, like, go anywhere and do anything I wanted. And, like, the concerts played such a big part. I would go to concerts, like, every week. And now that it's like all I have to play with is this little self playground and like campus and then like just in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going crazy. Like, cause I, I'm having trouble making form. I think like the movement of going places and doing many things also contributes to the movement of my concepts. Mm-hmm. So like being very still, it's like, I don't have a lot to pull from. We haven't really talked about like the way that music plays into your your process, um, but I know that it does in like a big way. Um, can you maybe like talk about where that started? Mm-hmm. Music, music start. I started listening to music middle school, like no, like fifth grade. I got like a little iPod Shuffle and like. I see music as world building and like emotion, like attitude bringing and um, li- sir- like when you listen to a song, it does put you in a certain headspace or like a certain playground in your head to like think a different way. And that really built high school where like for certain things I was doing, I needed certain music. And I think that's for everyone, like when you're like exercising you need like rap or something or just the experience of even like discovering music is so inspiring like discovering new music so high school was like oh that was such a that's such so fun but nowadays like music does play into my process because it does give me I don't know it's like it's it's a similar experience like going places and doing many different listening to music like gives you this like very back and forth like moving mindset that you can think in a different way and then like feel a different way without having to go anywhere or like if you're just in the car like you can make an experience something else mm-hmm. and in my design process like I think it's it's so ingrained in me that I don't it's so hard to like pinpoint like why it's so important to me but I've just always used it as a tool to put my mind in the right place uh, playground headspace yeah the right emotions and like the right like tone almost for whatever you're working on yeah like you'll notice like throughout the day like at night it's always jazz Mm -hmm. or frank ocean I also I either want to be calm or sad (laughs) only um if I want to be pumped I'll listen to rap um, like, it's just very, it, like, music plays into my routine almost. It's like certain type, t- 
times of the day it has to be certain types of music. I want to end on somewhere kind of final. So if you could characterize your work down into like a single anecdote, how would you do it? So this is relating to like my ideas now of wanting to solidify or like build my toolkit. But growing up, I saw so much value in being well-rounded in like all creative aspects. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know how in, in elementary school and like growing up there was the different, we call them specials. So there's art, music, gym, I think that's it, right? Art, music, gym. And I saw so much value in being able to like succeed, excel in all three of those aspects. I was a gymnast for 14 years and I was like, boom, yeah, got the physical part down. Uh, art, you know, creative family, boom, got the artistic part down. Music, I grew up playing piano, so I was like, boom. So I think like it was really valuable for me to have different outlets. Different kinds of outlets equals different kinds of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. So like music, art, and physical, like that has been the core of my creative experience and how I grow up and like even now but more so just growing up I'm like happy that my mom brought us up in a space that encouraged all three of those things and didn't suppress any of that because now I feel like I can I can pull from so many like past experiences that or and think in just so many different ways and I think being able to translate ideas between different activities and different mediums, that is what abstract thinking is. Like, translating ideas into different different ways. So. That was all for this episode of Work in Progress. My name is Delaney Swan. This podcast is produced in association with WTBU, the beat of Boston University. Tune in next time where I'm planning on spending an hour with my sister talking about the themes of social justice and environmentalism in her art. If you enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll share with a friend and tune in for our next session.